Hello, hello. Welcome along to the Dead Dad Society. Welcome back to the Dead Dad Society. If this is your first time, thanks for coming along. If you're coming back, hey, good on you. You're you're a good egg. You're a good egg. This is the therapy group in the form of a podcast. I am your host, Mitch Garling. Uh, as always, guys, if you like what I'm doing here, please uh, chuck a follow to the page uh, or leave some reviews, uh, some some star reviews, give a rating, whatever it's called. That is really helpful in these times. Don't really have any gigs at the moment, so really focusing on the podcast and uh, and trying to create content. Um, so I'm chucking up some memes on the Dead Dad Society page as well, so go and give them some love if you feel that way inclined. I have a great guest for you this week. Uh, it's a friend of mine by the name of Craig Evans. Now, I go very far back with Craig. He was a radio host and a comedian. He was initially... Initially? His name was Craig Annis. He changed his name in the last couple of years. We go into that a little bit. Craig has also had a uh, career change. So gone from being a very successful morning breakfast radio host and comedian uh, into law. Uh, so he is a law graduate, uh, not a lawyer yet, but has completed law, law, law school. Has completed the law school, guys. He has completed law school. Uh, and yeah, so on the track to being a lawyer. And uh, yeah, this life change at, uh, at an older age, very, very interesting stuff. Um, so we also talk about Craig's battle with testicular cancer. So last year he was diagnosed with uh, testicular cancer. We talk all about that. We talk about how he's a new father. We talk about a lot of things. It's a great episode. I really enjoyed catching up with Craig. If you like uh, Craig, please go and chuck him a follow, check out his content. Or if you're in trouble with the law in a few years, uh, then reach out to him and I'm sure he will help. But this is episode 37 of Dead Dad Society with Craig Evans. Can, can, can we talk about what happened on Instagram? Oh, mate, please. I'm, I'm going to do... So, in theory, your episode is going to come out Monday week. And I'm going to do an episode t- this Monday talking about it, like just a solo episode. But my God, man, it's been, it's been an interesting, I want to say 48 hours at this point. It's been very interesting. <laughs> so talk, talk me through first steps. You wake up one morning, see a message saying that you're yeah. like, not, not a great person. Yeah, 5, 5 12 a.m. I was like, man, they were, <laughs> they were up early ready to kick off real early well you know what they say uh, early to bed early to rise makes a man healthy wealthy and an anti-vaxxer you know the saying but that is i knew that was the saying but i never had put <laughs> it completely together where it had come from um but yeah five twelve, i get a message saying you're a, you're a sellout piece of shit <laughs> and what a sassy day i was just like you know you, I didn't see it until almost seven or something like that when I got up with my mm. daughter. And I was like, the first thing I went, like I looked at my phone, I was like, that doesn't, like, that doesn't usually happen. Um, you know, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't happen that often. Uh, but so yeah, I opened it up and it was just this screenshot of the thing that's now done the rounds, which is my, pardon me, my acting profile being used mm. against a bunch of uh, COVID ads where people are saying that I'm pretending to have COVID. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's gone a little bit nuts. Like it, I get, you know, Facebook does that thing where it's like, 
uh, it picks up your face and goes, oh, so-and-so is trying to tag you in a photo. Like so-and-so has put up a photo with you. They might want to tag you. I have had countless, countless ones of that. <laughs> because people are just sharing it, being like, look at this bullshit. And then it's like, you want to tag do you want to tag Mitch Garling, the actual person in this photo? Because it recognized my <laughs> goddamn face. But yeah, it was, oh, it was pretty crazy. Man. That's full on. What a whirlwind. And the thing, like, it struck me straight away. Like, you don't look anything like the guy. Nothing uh, like the guy. The girl, a little more similarity. But you look nothing like the guy. The girl, you look at her, like, her acting profile photo. And then you look at the photo they reckon it is. You're like, oh, yeah, they're probably just had a good makeup stylist come in and they've touched her up. They've made her look real nice. I can see the same sort of shapes in the face, like same sort of nose, mm. that sort of stuff. I was like, okay, but my one, it's like, dude, you've just, you, like I said in the Instagram video, you've gone <laughs> onto an acting thing and been like guys with beards and then being like, there's one that must be him. Right. Can I say though as well, the, the photo that they got, because obviously once you post your video and it starts doing the rounds, they then swapped you out. And the guy that they got and replaced you with, the oh, lookalike is so much worse. It's like a really weird reverse Jenny Craig ad, but like they've yeah. added 40 years onto the actor. They re- Honestly, man, and it was so funny. Like the new one, like I don't know if you remember the comedian Aaron Gox? Like, do you remember Aaron mm. Gox? Goxie? Yeah, he yeah, looks yeah. Like, Dude, he looks like Goxie. The new guy is like, <laughs> why is no one messaging Goxie having a bloody rip at him? Being like, you're a piece of shit, Goxie. But yeah, man, I couldn't believe that when I saw that, because, you know, I like to, as soon as anything happens like that, and you've, you've probably still got that brain where anything like that happens is you go, fuck, this is going to be a funny bit on stage oh god yeah that's the first thing i thought was well there's next year's comedy festival show i had covid not really (laughs) not really jk brackets um (laughs) dude that's honestly it like my brain went like i saw the message i went oh that's pretty funny saw the you're a piece of shit all the screenshots all that stuff and Mm. the longer it went through the day i was like yeah this is forming into a real good bit this is filming (laughs) into a a real good covid bit the ultimate bit of kudos to the Daily Mail sharing it, then automatically it becomes real news now, you know, by a legitimate news source. So, you know, well done you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Daily Mail reaching out saying, have you got five minutes to talk about, <laughs> about this thing? And I went, I mean, yeah, like, sure. That's so good. So you actually did an interview as well. Dude, last night, like, it was... Oh, and it's four o'clock. corners next you know that four corners it's, and then 60 minutes yeah today show give me some today show action in there at some point where i'm just talking to uh sam mack the weather guy or something and he's like so you had covid and i'll be like i did <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> um, it was a it was a lot it's been an interesting time but yeah apparently i've been recast now so hopefully there's another guy Copping some hate, can I, well, hopefully. Can I say, like every acting gig, you know, obviously you used to be a professional actor. And so every acting gig I ever did, I was paranoid that I was going to get fired and recast during the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you, you know, and that, you know, that was a genuine fear. Having been recast in a role you never went for, that you never wanted, did you still have that same sense of disappointment? 
can I be, I'll be completely honest with you. When someone sent me that photo that had the new guy in it, part of me went like, yeah. oh, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I was good. I was good. Oh, I kind of <laughs> liked it, to be honest. It was quite nice. It's getting some attention. That's the um, eternal struggle of the comedian right there. <laughs> man, you chuck in... You chuck in <laughs> lockdown, you chuck in no stage yeah. time. Yeah. No, no creative outlet, you know, bar the podcast. Guess what? For I'm I'm all about being <laughs> I'm all about being pigeonholed as a crisis actor. Give me the content. Give me the content. Oh, that's so good. That is so, so good. Man. Oh man. Yeah. It was uh yeah, interesting to say the least last night, sort of getting a call 9 p.m. or something like that from the Daily Mail being like you know, asking me what happened, but then also being like, so what are your thoughts on the vaccine? And I'm like, I'm not the guy to ask. Um, I mean, I'm doubly vaccinated. I'm, I've got the double dose. Does that, does that show you what I think? Like pretty clear position, pretty clear position. You know what I think is the funniest thing out though, that, that there must at least be one comedian or another actor out there that saw your post and went, how do you get that? Dude. How do you get that? <laughs> that is the, I would have done that. I would have done that role. Where were the auditions for that? I've got to get my agent on the phone. How do I get that? There was someone that was like, someone commented on my Instagram. I can't remember who it was, but I'll give credit if I remember. But they were like, who books this? And I was like, yes. You fucking would. You would. (laughs) It's literally. Oh, man. It's all we're looking. It's all we're looking for is the, the, the idea of like, Something when something hectic happens to another comedian, there's like there's two process or thought processes. It's like, damn, why wasn't that me? Yeah. And then the other one was, all right, how do I make an in comedy joke that a bunch of comedians will be like, hey, that's really funny. Like that's the <laughs> that's the entire that's the process. process. Yeah. There's also a third part too, which is jealousy, which is like, damn, now he's got his show sorted. Like, oh, I need something like that to happen. You're like, yeah, that's a solid, that's at least, you know, if he doesn't want to do a whole show, that's probably a solid 20 minutes of a show about. Well, I tell you, yeah, I tell you what, up until like last night, I thought to myself, he's got 20 minutes here. And then when Daily Mail, when you got recast, I went, oh, that's a solid half an hour. And then (laughs) when the Daily Mail shared it, I was like, could stretch it out to a full show now. Could stretch it, could have some, you know, we could have some stuff in the middle that points out the differences between being uh, a dad and not a dad. We could have that in the middle just to stretch it out a little bit. Yeah. it's going to be about that stuff. You could do a Um, casting call with um, audience members for like who else could be a crisis actor, you know, you could teach people to be a crisis actor. And what even is it? Could you have an awards night for crisis actors? Yeah, I feel like it's like, it's so dark and it's like, and like this, this year's best actor, it's, it goes to so and so. Remember when he did the, he was in the school shooting. Good for him. Like, <laughs> and you're like, remember, yeah, remember the work that Craig did on the Port Arthur shoot? No, that's dark. That's too dark. <laughs> that's, that's, um, too dark. that's too dark. That's too dark. You know where I'm going with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could run a, I could run a crisis actor course. That'd be, that'd be a bit of fun. Yeah, that'd yeah. Fun. How to, how to appear in the background of a flat Earth video or something like that. You know. <laughs> Um, I want to talk to you. I want to get. I want to get into some of the stuff that you sent me, because I yeah. am. I'm pumped to get into that stuff. 
Um, <laughs> I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped to be talking to you, man, because I haven't caught up with you for a very long time, uh, except for the socials. Um, yeah, and, and I am. I'm very. The more when I was like, oh, I'm going to reach out to Craig. The more I thought about, it, I was like, fuck yeah, because like we used to see each other a lot, obviously with gigging and just both being coast based and stuff. Um, I, I want to know probably that, once a week at one stage we were catching up. Honestly, with the amount of gigs that that we were all sort of doing between you, me, McKellar, Alex J, like that sort of main coasty mm. click. Yeah, that was uh, it's definitely at least sort of once a week for for a bit there. Um, with uh, first thing I want to know. Oh, sorry, my daughter's yelling. I didn't know they were here, but okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Hang on, who's they in this? Do you mean your wife and daughter? Or? <laughs> My wife and daughter. The ghosts. The ghosts. The ghosts of Christmas. My daughter <laughs> hangs out. Yeah. Um, I first, first of all, I, want, I obviously know you as Craig Annis. And yes. you are now running as... Running as? What? You are now <laughs> going... No, going, true. Running, like, walking. Running, running, walking, star jumping, rowing. Also, every activity now is Craig Everything, Evans. Everything he's doing is Craig Evans. Um, what, can you remind me what is the what is the origins of that? What was the the idea behind the name change? Yeah, so um, I've got a bit of a strained relationship uh, with my dad, and so when my wife and I were trying to well, we're about to get married, we were trying to do that negotiation of the whose last name we'd take and what we're going to do. And um, so my last name was Annis. Jess's last name was Round. We realised that the hyphenation wasn't going to work of the anus rounds or the round anuses. Yeah. That just yeah. wasn't going to be a thing. Yeah. And yeah. so we decided, well, you know, uh, I didn't want to be around. She didn't want to be an anus. Well, let's just start again. And so we uh, decided, I decided to change my last name to Evans, which was my maternal grandfather's name. And my grandfather um, was, you know, a big influential father figure for me and had two daughters. So it just seemed like a really great opportunity to sort of continue his name um, mm. and continue that tradition um, and also not to have people snicker when they heard the last name Annis, yeah. um, which yeah, was yeah. something I just, I never realised how, how much it happened until I changed my name. Although funnily enough now, I don't get teased about my last name being Annis anymore, but people always mistake my first name as Chris because of Chris Evans, who's oh, Captain course. America. <laughs> Which is, I think it's a great problem to have, being um, mistaken yeah. for a heartthrob regularly. I mean, there's worse, there's worse things that you could have been. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that they see Danny you. Danny DeVito. Go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not, they're not, uh, you know, it's not like James or something. They keep calling you like Jabba the Hutt or something. Like, just trying to, and like, sorry, there's just, I just look at you and that's what I think. I can't, I can't, I can't stop it. Yeah, okay. yeah, 100%. Yeah. So that makes yeah. perfect so, sense. I think that's really sweet, though, like the idea of continuing the legacy and, um, you know, continuing the name of, of someone that, I don't know, would you say that he, yeah, like you said, he was the father figure. Would you say he was definitely the, the strongest male role model? I think it's funny. I reckon, you know, now that I'm a dad, I think that the saying, you know, it takes a village or it takes a tribe. What is it? It's a village on a tribe. Whatever it is, it takes a village to raise a child. That's whatever that saying is. There's a few people there. It takes a, a bunch. <laughs> a couple of them. It takes a small country town, town to raise a human being. That's the saying. I'm sure that's how it goes. Dubbo. It takes a um, dubbo. It takes a dubbo to raise. It takes dubbo <laughs> to raise a human. <laughs> I remember it clearly now. That's yeah. definitely how I heard it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think, you know, 
I think, well, I don't know if this is true for everyone, but certainly for me, I had a lot of different father figures. Um, and certainly my granddad was, was one of them. I think he had a lot of, um, I think the softer, um, the softer qualities that I have, I got from him. I'm not saying he was a weak man, but he was also, yeah. he was very humble. He had a love of learning. Like my memories are always of him with a book, you know? So there's yeah. things like that that I really got for him, but I got from him. But then my stepdad, who my mum's married to now, I got so many other qualities from him. So I think that you take different things from different people. But yeah, he was a really strong influence for me. Um, and yeah, it just felt like something nice. And it just felt as well like Jess and I were able to start our own family. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. name afresh, you know, it was just something. That's you know, it. That's it so also nice. feels, it feels really weird and ye olde to be like, oh yeah, you take my name because I now own you. Like, it's just such a weird thing to me. So we were really keen to be like, no, nah, we'll start something together. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's very sweet. It's very sweet. Especially if you're both sort of against the, like she doesn't want your name, you don't want hers. It's like, well, then let's let's make something that's ours, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, um, yeah, that's what we did. I love that. I love that. I don't think I'd ever actually gotten to the to the meat and veg of why you, like I knew you did it and that you had posted about doing it. And this is, yeah. you know, this is my, this is my name that I will be known as from now. And you will all respect that. And we were like, yes, yeah. we will, Craig. <laughs> We do you know that. do you know the one person who found it the hardest like everyone was so supportive the one person who found it the hardest was my mum and i reckon really? it took her yeah it took just like i think it's just because it took her a while to get her head around but i still remember her like mock yelling at me at one christmas just being like craig annis and everyone else was like evans i didn't even need to say anything <laughs> But she only did it a couple of times but it was very funny that out of all of the people it was my mum that found it the hardest i'm like shit you've changed your name more than me mum yeah come on come on. and she's obviously is she rocking the surname of your stepdad like yeah she's a gerard yeah. now so she's been an evans an annis a cameron and a gerard so so it was her it was her father her father that had evans yeah right so yeah that makes it even more funny that she wasn't okay or not it wasn't okay but it took her time. It's like, you've been, yeah. like, this is a name that's been in your family. Like, you know. Yeah, and not only in your family, like, it was the one that you should be most familiar with because it was yours through your formative years. But, it, yeah, it just took her a little while. She's fine now, and she certainly wasn't upset or anything. She was very, very supportive. But it was just funny that out of everyone, it took mum the longest uh, to I, sort of get I mean, her head Any, I feel like anything like that is, it is their... Uh, it's their prerogative, I guess, as a mother to find the smaller thing and be like, I'm going to run with it. <laughs> like, even if it is just, <laughs> even if it is just on the sly, you know, saying Craig Annis at Christmas yeah. when she yells at you, you know, it's, it's planned. It's put nah, well, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. I could, I couldn't get angry at it either because it's mum, you know, and yeah. Anyway, it was just funny that everyone else came to my defense and all my friends, everyone was really cool about it. And it was, it was even weird for me to get my head around. The other thing is, it was amazing to me how easy it actually is to do this yeah. process. I thought it was going to be a really like an admin nightmare and I'm just not an admin kind of guy. Um, and I just sort of set my task of, you know, like once a week or two things a week, I'd have to change. So like one yeah. week, it was the bank and the ATO. Then the next week it was like Medicare and something else. And then the week after that, it was whatever, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, like a month afterwards, I was fully Evans. Yeah. Um, I, there, I, there's, no, 
thank god there's no blockbuster you had to go in and be like guys <laughs> I, I know this is hard to believe but I, <laughs> i've changed my name yes it's evans and they're like let me guess first name chris um, yeah, that's that's where it would hit. That's the target audience of where that joke. <laughs> that's where it would really like land. Yeah, oh, that's with, funny. Um, with the name change now, we we are connected on LinkedIn, but I cannot remember. You are obviously running as Craig Evans on LinkedIn. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. How does that work with previous experience in terms of like people still know that it's you if they've ever yeah. worked with you, but if people, let's say you decide to get back into radio, which is something we can get back into in a second, but all of your radio experience sure. comes as Craig Annis, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I probably just, I probably just included in emails or something. Like if I just decided tomorrow that I was going to get back into radio, I'd just be emailing people saying it's Craig, um, Craig Annis, now Evans or yeah. something. Same with, it was a bit weird to me coming into this new profession because I've turned, you know, I've left the entertainment industry and come into law now and it was a bit weird at first coming into that profession telling everyone oh yeah i've got this like you know i used to be a comic and um you know i've you know did radio for years and got acting credentials and i've got an imdb and all this kind of stuff yeah. and then people go all right let's have a look craig evans and then be like he's lying yeah. and one of the things about being a lawyer you have to be honest um it's, and so say, the, more, the more that it the more that people look into it is that it looks like one you've changed your name like because you've got a huge huge secret to hide and then you've yes. gotten into you've gotten into law to learn how to defend yourself from that huge huge secret <laughs> I, like, know. I don't trust this guy one bit not at 100%. all 100 and look it was yeah <laughs> it was something i had to consider we have to do this thing called a disclosure statement when you're applying for a practice certificate as a lawyer. And I've actually had to include like a paragraph explaining, I changed my name for personal reasons. It's nothing nefarious. And, and then I also had to double back and be like, the whole reason I've told you that is so that it didn't raise any suspicions that there was anything nefarious. Um, and please don't think that me even saying that it's for personal reasons is anything nefarious. It's nothing like that. It's just uh, me and my dad don't, don't get along. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's what it that's is. It. I mean, they, yeah, they could be sitting there for ages just being like, man, there's a lot of things that could come under personal reasons. Uh, yeah. Like, let's yeah. dig into this guy. <laughs> More than we would of Michael Smith, who came in and has always been Michael Smith. Michael Smith, exactly. Exactly. Although, to be fair, if you just looked at my old last name as Anus, surely you'd look at it and go, yeah, no, that makes complete sense. No, yeah, we yeah, got it. Mate. I, yeah, I, absolutely. I, yeah. No, we won't dig any deeper here. <laughs> Yeah, we won't dig any deep on that anus. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> the um, the career change, the career change. So going from pretty successful breakfast host, comedian, someone that definitely a lot of us looked up to in terms of what you were doing, um, to change to to start completely fresh, like to go to law yeah. school and now be a lawyer like what's the again similar to what i said with the name but what's the what is the basis of that what is the idea behind what's the thing that makes you do that jump yeah that's an interesting question i think to sort of midway or towards the end of 2015 jess my wife wanted to move back to melbourne um i was enjoying breakfast radio loved it but had kind of done everything i'd wanted to do 
in it in terms of I'd had these big and exciting ideas. Um, I loved the show that I was doing, loved the station I was at, was happy on the coast, but just felt like I wanted a little bit more, like I wanted something a little mm. bit more intellect, you know, intellectual, I suppose. Um, and I'm not saying that Breakfast Radio isn't that, but I think there comes a time in every young man's life where he thinks there must be more here than talking about the latest scandal on maths. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, as interesting as they are. Um, and so I, I initially, I'd actually applied for journalism and law together and didn't know which way I was going to go. And I got into both and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sold on journalism. So I called the law school and said, hey, thanks, but no thanks. And they were like, oh, okay, that's really weird that you do that. And the second I hung up, I was like, oh my God, this is the worst decision I've ever made. Yeah. And I called them straight back and was like, oh no, hold my position. I don't know what I think that they were doing. Like she just put my entry form above a shredder and was about to put it in there. And so yeah. just, as you're dialing, like, yeah. To- <laughs> and then I'm like, stop, stop, stop. And then she's taping it all together. You know, um, I don't know what I was thinking, but it certainly wasn't that. She just thought I was this weirdo because I'd called her with that same level of enthusiasm as if I was calling to say, stop the presses. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and she was like, yeah, that's that's fine. Just fill out. That's the fine. Time. I hadn't even, hadn't even done anything with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just wrote exactly. down, I just wrote down Craig Annis question mark, Evans question mark. And I was going to go back Anus. to it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but it was one of those things where even from the first day, I was just like, wow, this is where I'm meant to be. This is what I'm meant to be doing. Um, you know, and I, I like, I miss the entertainment industry. I miss gigs. I miss the camaraderie of doing stand up. but it's a solitary life. And, you know, I was thinking, what does the next 10 years look like? You know, I could see that, you know, podcasts were becoming more popular. Um, uh, you know, um, commercial radio was changing and I didn't think it was probably going to be changing in the direction that I, I wanted it to um, and I think you know I, I look at things like the last couple of years and I'm really I really feel from like people like you my friends that have you know been um, writing and preparing shows or just you know live on that thrill of actually being on stage and to have yeah. that taken away regardless of work just the the fraternity the actual being in green rooms together getting up on stage and seeing one of your friends just tear a room apart when you yeah. were worried about, oh, how, you know, they seem really sleepy. How are we going to actually get this thing alive? And then your mate just gets up on stage and just blows the roof off the joint. You know, yeah. Yeah. those are the things. It's not even just about the livelihood. It's about that stuff. And so I look back at the last couple of years and I'm grateful in hindsight that I made the call when I did. But, man, there are so many times I miss it. You know, I'll watch a Netflix special or I'll see one of our friends that, you know, yeah. has just had some amazing review or is doing amazing shows or gigs or whatever. And I just go, oh, wow, that'd be so good. What it I don't miss, uh, though. Yeah, sorry, man. You go. I'll oh, go. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, uh, what I don't miss, though, is traveling for two hours to some gig where there's no PA system. And, you know, you perform it. There's not even a stage. You're just in the back room of a pub. There's six people. Um, Five of them are drunk and the other one is you. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> all those gigs where you, you travel for two hours and there's just like 10 comedians and you're like, oh, well, how am I trying new material tonight? I don't miss those things. No, uh, it's um, when I did that episode with Will the other week, we had yeah. the same sort of, we had the same sort of thing where it was like, remember those days? That was the best. 
you know, you're hanging or the drive, like the drive there is always fun. When you're driving there, you're talking, yeah. talking smack, all that sort of stuff. But then when it gets down to it and it's like, oh, we got to the gig and it was in Maitland and there were six people and they hated me and the they were angry that we turned the footy off. And like, there's <laughs> there's moments where you're like, oh, no, nah, law, law sounds really good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, yeah, a lot less applause breaks in law, that's for sure. And no one's ever clapped me when I've come to work and I'm really disgusted by that. I think, come yeah, on, guys, no, we can go. No um, we could do it for each other. no intro. <laughs> yeah, no intro, yeah. I can't play Foo Fighters when I come up in the lift, you know. There goes my hero when I walk into the office. No one appreciates it. I'm just trying also, to just HR tells me. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> What's um? Do do you think uh like since you've been in Melbourne have you have you jumped up on stage or has it purely been um it's purely just been law school and and being a lawyer? Yeah, my last gig was two thousand and sixteen. There's a really good um great barrister in Melbourne called um John Lung, and he runs or was running some comedy nights through the festival. And Tom Cashman and I did like some guest spots. Mm. um you know that must have been yeah 2016 um and it was so it was so funny because i hadn't gigged for probably six or eight months before that and i yeah. didn't know what it was going to be like and it was exactly like riding a bike as soon as your name so, gets called out as soon as you step up on stage it all comes back it's just mm. it's there and i was even you know it was my first gig in eight months and i was doing crowd work like and i yes. and, and i was in the middle of doing it just being like what are you doing what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I wasn't across the current, you know, like normally, you know, when you do a bit of crowd work or you're emceeing, you know, you might fuse, you know, topical stuff in with whoever it is in the crowd and, you know, yeah. you're sort of yeah. you're riffing, but it's stuff you might have preconceived or you're sort of at least thinking through ideas on the fly. I had none of that. I was just like, it's not like I was going to default into, hey, let's talk about um, negligence. Whoa, who's got a duty of care? Yeah. Woo! Like, all, your, uh, all your crowd work is like eight months old topical like roughly what happened before i don't even know what happened in 2016 oh. but it's like I don't know, you're doing like rio olympics jokes and the olympics have been off for like six months or something. yeah yeah i'm talking about the finale of dexter oh god what a terrible show <laughs> that was crazy that really hit me and it's like man we've had six months to process that um, I, yeah. I, um, yeah, that is what is hitting me right now is my last gig was July 1, I think. Is that right? Yeah, wow. Well. No, that's it's longer. It's longer. It must be I I'd have to it's it's been quite some time. And my brain going from 3 4 nights a week to yeah. nothing. My the other day someone booked me for a Zoom gig to do a little chat on zoom and my mm -hmm. brain was like okay like let's figure out some material like let's figure out our material and i just sat there for a little bit and i was trying to like say my material and i was like nah it's all gone <laughs> like <laughs> it's all gone there's nothing left um hey, i promise you it'll still be in there i did a gig actually this wasn't a gig it was a competition um the legal world does the equivalent of like raw comedy in the legal world is called the golden gavel and it's a state-based competition and like 10 lawyers from every state get given a topic 24 hours beforehand and you have to write five minutes of gear 
on that topic. And it's a, it's a mix of, like, it's a legal kind of topic, but the idea is to be as entertaining as you possibly can, as well as, you know, trying to fuse some legal principles in there. And so I was freaking out about it, thinking, what am I going to do? And that exercise of just writing again, you remember how long it took you to do your first five minutes and actually get oh, your first type five? Forever. Forever. And so at the end of this 24-hour period, I was cutting material left, right, and center because yeah. it's, it's still part of your brain. And so I had, my topic was, um, are Zoom courts making lawyers as popular as reality TV stars? And I had what I thought was going to be like a couple of minutes at the start that was just relatable gear about Zoom and how difficult it is. And there's always weird things going on in the background and glitches and blah, blah, blah. Had all this great gear on all of that. And I timed my first one and I'd done like 15 minutes and I still wasn't even finished. So I was just cutting gear left, right and centre because you're only allowed five. But it was just, what it it amazed me is just that it's, even though I haven't done this or thought about it in years, it's still Mm. in the back of my head somewhere. So I know that as soon as you get that first gig again, it'll all come flooding back. I think it's 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 a weird like um, it's a weird association thing that literally, like you said, the minute they say Mitch Darling and I go up on the stage as I'm walking up, yeah. it's going to be completely normal. There's going to be like nothing different whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, at, at all. I reckon that's exactly the case. And and I only say that from my experience of having walked away for a period of time. Um, and actually, you know, having that opportunity to sort of yeah. get up and do it again. I mean, and, and very different circumstances, obviously. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you one thing I didn't miss though in that 24-hour period was the, the pangs of um, adrenaline and butterflies that come in waves. You know, that what the, the waves of impending doom with the gig mm-hmm. that comes up. I haven't had that for four years. Yeah. And, yeah. oh man, it was... It was hardcore, really hardcore to deal with. And there's there's both sides to it where it's like you do have that impending doom. You're like, okay, I've got this many hours until I have to do this or get up or whatever. Yeah. But then the other side of it is is if you write something in that five minutes where you're like, oh, yeah, that's going to hit. You're like, get me there. Get me there now. I want to see how this is going to go. But then you spend the rest of like. <laughs> Like you're on you're both sides going like get me there no I'm stay home get me there yeah. no, I'm never going like do you know, it's just it's weird hundred percent I had this wonderful moment where I wrote this great joke which didn't end up making the final cut and look it might be too cerebral but I'll tell you what it was um I was talking about Zoom courts and I was I basically had written like a pros and cons of Zoom courts and one of yeah. the cons of Zoom courts is obviously if you're appearing in court on Zoom it relies upon you having great internet connection, which is a real issue for people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds or from out in the country. Now, obviously it's going to be a short-term issue because once we're all vaccinated, the 5G is going to sort it out completely. (laughs) I was happy with it. Really great joke. And I thought this is going to bang because it's on point for the topic and it will also, it's so topical and so front of mind, it's going to, it'll hit the spot. Um, And I ended up cutting it, but I did have that temptation. As soon as I wrote that joke, I went, take the day off you have just yeah. won the competition what? on that one joke <laughs> yeah that's that's like uh that's the whole literally pens down have a coffee <laughs> we've done it yes shut we up. have done it shut up shop yeah. boys we're going home that's great yeah that is a yeah, good no, joke though. Was... that is a joke that would just kill like that's a comedy room joke like that would still 
that's to me that doesn't depend on like that that was still funny it would have done well probably in the city but yeah it still would have done well i think though it's one of those jokes what i realized is when i wrote it it was a real revelation to me at the time but when i actually started to put it in the in the bit I realized that it wasn't actually, it wasn't going to be a punchline that was an applause break. It was going to be something within that list that would be, a, oh, that's oh. funny. But it was, yeah. yeah, it was going to be, an, oh, that's good. But it was never going to applause break. It's funny that's, how all those skills even come in. Yeah. It's strange. Even as, I don't know, when you're going like, oh, it's, it's less of an applause break and it's more of an awe, my brain automatically went like, yeah, that's what I want. I like. I almost <laughs> want that. Like, yeah, applause break, proper laughs, great. But sometimes with the like, where you realize that you've that you've made some sort of connection for them that is so, they're like, oh, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that feels yeah. good. Yeah, look, I think it, and I think it would have worked because what was coming after it, I was going to do like a real physical gag about like the faces, how, you know, whenever Zoom freezes, it's always on your worst face. It's never on you looking your best with the right light and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be a visual gag because I was going to use, you know, the right like facial freeze moment and then describe it. And so I know that it would have been enough that, you know, as it was rolling on, it would have built to a really nice solid laugh. And yeah, so as yeah. the build up to that, that 5G, 5G joke would have re- rolled on really nicely and created, could possibly have been the, you know the really big laugh then on the uh, on the physical gag, but yeah, it was it was just an interesting sort of twenty four hours. I hadn't done anything like that before, um, yeah. And the comp went really well. Even just performing again was so weird, and doing it on Zoom was weird. Um, yeah, but it was good, really good. That's good. That's good, man. It's it's uh, it, it does feel very strange to me to when you say that you haven't gigged since twenty sixteen, purely because you were such a a part like a such a constant part of me growing up growing up coming up in comedy like mm. it does feel straight to sit here and be like oh it's 2021 five wow five years that's crazy um but tell me one of the things that you mentioned in the in the list is one that i wanted to get into um <laughs> about your first radio job oh yeah that's funny hey um it's weird. It's it's really weird. I'm going through like this sort of like I feel this is going to sound really wanky, but I feel like I'm about to go through like some big growth period. So I've mm-hmm. been like storing all this knowledge and I've been absorbing all this stuff, reading a lot of different things, and been listening to a lot of um, uh, podcasts and just absorbing all this stuff. And it feels to me that I'm about to go through some change, kind of you know like when the 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 uh, caterpillar turns into the butterfly or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully I don't die in three days, but you get what I'm saying. It's that would be sad. Um, that would be a lot. That'd be a lot of effort to go to. It's like Craig went to law school for so long to literally be a lawyer for three days and die. Like that was yeah. crazy. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel like I'm going through this, uh, about to go through this, um, uh, change period and so i've been reflecting on things and it's funny man like my first ever radio job you'd think would be this dream come true so you know i've been toiling away as an actor for like six years and myself and my best mate stefan had been doing community radio and all this kind of stuff and we got our foot in the door at triple m and 
um, you know, I'd done some other bits and pieces and it was going really well. And suddenly I, I land this gig doing Capital City Breakfast in Adelaide mm -hmm. um, on SAFM. And it was really hard because we didn't have this chemistry. We didn't gel as a show. Um, and that was um, no one's fault in particular. But I've done a lot of self-reflection on what I could have done differently and I'm cool with that. But it was one show. It was... Oh, like the July of my final year of my contract. And we just got an email at like 8.30. So the show finished at nine. We all got this yeah. email, not all of us, sorry. Two of us got, oh no, all of us. The three of us on air got this email at 8.30 saying from our, the head of our network saying, hey, can we catch up in, you know, after the show, which was never good. It was never good. And it I don't know why is. they would do it. Yeah, it never is. And of course, like it's, the modern world, right? We all had access to technology in the studios because you needed to keep up to date. Your notes were on your laptops, all this sort of stuff. Anyway, so we go into that meeting and that was the meeting that I, the day that I found out I was being fired from the show. And it was like so soul destroying yeah. in that single moment. And the hardest thing was Jess was flying out to my wife, now wife, girlfriend at the time was flying out to Bali so I literally just get dealt this news, hey, we're not renewing your contract. And I'm like, okay. And then I was like, shit, I've got to go to the airport and try and <laughs> tell my wife <laughs> before she gets on a plane to Bali for seven days. Because otherwise I was going to have to sit. I couldn't ruin a holiday. So I, yeah. so I was going to sit on it for three days and they'd be like, oh, yeah. by the way, guess what? It's so up. I've raised, you know, the Ross and Rachel moment where he like chases her down at the airport and they have this like love kind of thing. It was the opposite. I chased her down at the airport. I've just been fired. Um, yeah. Have a great trip. Do so the other, weird. do the other side. That reminds me a lot of when, when I was younger on, and I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before and people get really angry at me when I say that I've spoken about it. Anyway, don't care. But when I was younger, I was going on my year five Canberra trip Monday to Friday. And on mm -hmm. the Sunday night, my grandma died and my mum didn't tell me. No. She, like, I just got up Monday to go to school and mum was like, have a great time. Like, took me and everything was normal. And then no. when I got home five days later, she was like, hey, listen, um, so your grandma died. And I was like, oh, when? Thinking it was like yesterday. <laughs> Because like, you know, year five, I don't have a phone. They're not going to call that sort of stuff, no. whatever. Um, and she was like, Sunday. And I was like, oh, you mean when I was still here? She's like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to ruin your trip. And I was like, oh, that is, that is a good point. That is quite nice. Uh, and uh, I tried, I tried to write trail? a joke. I tried to write a joke about it being like, because when dad was sick, was when we got married and I had to go on my honeymoon and I was like, send me a photo of him every day with the newspaper. <laughs> I don't believe you that's at all, lady. That's very um, smart. Yeah. I, do. I like the idea of you chasing her down, but then still like not telling her, like being like, oh, I'm, I'm completely puffed. I'm ruined. I'm here. I chase you down just to be like, everything's normal. Nothing has changed. It's all good. Don't don't forget to get me some Daryl Lee chocolates, duty free. See you, Dad. We can definitely pay the rent this week. Don't stress about that at all. There's definitely money still coming and, in. Yes, and the week after as well. So that's good too. The week after that, let's talk when you're back. Yeah. Um, but it was funny, man. Like I remember being so gutted at the time and it yeah. feeling like this is the thing that's the reflection, right? 
it was the worst time in my life at that moment. And I went to really dark places and these full pits of despair because of course your self-worth, everything is tied up into this job. Because I think part of the thing that people don't realize about being a performer, it's not just your vocation, it's who you are, right? Mm. You know, and I think, you know, like if I, you know, let's say, God forbid, you know, if I'm a lawyer and I, things don't work out at this firm, if I leave that firm, it doesn't stop me being a lawyer. I'm still a lawyer um, and it's detached from me. You know, it's what I do. It's not who I am. Whereas when you're a performer, it's who you are. So it was all attached, right? But the, the thing is, it ended up being the best thing that could have happened. Because straight afterwards, I got a call um, from who would be my future employer from Star FM saying, hey, do you want to come and just do this demo? And it was on the coast. It's where I grew up. It's so rare for you to actually go and do a radio gig in your hometown. Yeah. Um, and so... You know, I, I then not only did I get to go and do radio, breakfast radio in my hometown where I didn't actually have to lie about being a local. Like so often you have to be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I love Port Adelaide Football yeah. Club. They're my favourite. It's like, well, no, the, co- those, the coasties, football. the coasties ones that are like, wow, someone's called from Wota Nobby. And you're like, oh, you don't know. <laughs> you yeah, Woongara. Shit. Oh, Woongara. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everything's just terrible. Like all the references are terrible because that's the yeah. only places people know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was actually, you know, I'm on, on, on air in my hometown, but not only that, I ended up getting to um, move back in with my nan, right? So Papa passed away years ago. Yeah. And so, and nan had emphysema. Um, and so I ended up, the better part of the last year of her life and obviously I didn't know this at the time that this was going to be the last year of her life that'd be weird um you've only got, you got 12 months to live man you got a countdown <laughs> clock you're like I should probably move in um. <laughs> um yeah so I got to live with Nan for like the last 12 months of her life and you know I it was just an incredible way for us to bond mm. and because yeah. I spent so much time with Nan and Pop growing up because mum was a nurse she did a lot of shift work um, it was just really nice to be able to pay that back. And I look back now at even, you know, I was just reflecting this morning, um, speaking to my father-in-law about this, but seeing her in hospital, and I don't know if you ever had this with your dad, but I knew the last time that I was going to see Nan. Mm. I remember going mm. in there that day and I was like, this is the last time I'm going to see her. And it's this weird mixture of emotions where I was relieved that she was going to be out of her pain and out of the misery, but also, uh, also, you know, terrified of what life without her was going to be like. Yeah. But also, yeah, yeah. you know, um, there's also not an excitement, but like that acceptance of, oh, like at least we know that this chapter is going to close. And I remember leaving yeah. with all of that. And I wouldn't have had any of that if I hadn't have been fired from that job. Yeah, yeah. And that's the know, silver lining of it all, really. Totally, man. Like, totally. I, yeah, I, I get that. Like I remember going in, um, I don't know if I necessarily knew this was the last day, but you know, you had those, you do have those feelings where you're like, this feels a lot more serious today, or this feels darker yeah. today. Yeah. Um, but the thing that got me was when we left, like eventually after dad passed, he passed at like 10 a.m. in the morning. I think we left at like 12 or one or something like that. And when you're leaving, you're like, you're leaving the hospital like you do normally. Like you're just like, oh, we're just leaving. But then as you're kind of leaving, you're like, oh no, that's the last, that's literally the last time I'm ever going to see, like, not even, not even like the last time I'll speak to him, but that's like the last time I'll see that body or see that person. 
and you're like yeah you just have to be you go back to normal life like that where you're even to the point where mum's like should we stop and get some milk on the way home and i was like i thought it was the funniest thing just being like dad's gone get get into the chores uh what should we, what should we do now um, man, I actually think that it's so important to have have laughter through. Um, I don't even. This is going to sound so weird, but the mundane bits of losing people, or the mundane bits of tragedy. So even you know, like I had cancer last year, and the mundane bits are the funniest bits, um, and they're the bits that just remind me that in context, this is just another day in my life. Do you know what I mean? And while yeah. while it seems like it has greater significance, it is still just another day. And like, you know, you need milk. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it would be the same. It'd be the same if, you know, you were driving home and you need petrol. Like you're going to have to yeah. just stop and get petrol. The fact that your father is no longer here doesn't change that. And it's no. kind of weird how that kind of can balance out these moments of tragedy, just the mundane stuff, the mundane bits of life just keep you in check about actually. It really does. Yeah. It, it, even like with, um, like with dad's funeral, uh, when we were talking to him about it, which again is the weirdest thing, like talking to someone about their funeral. Like yeah. you do want to get their, you do want to get their perspective, but at the same time, you don't want to be like, I don't know, you don't want to, I don't know, you don't want to give them too much responsibility in it because you're like, why well, <laughs> not? That's I'm not just gonna... you being a comedian. You're like, no, 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 I'll write the eulogy. It's got tons of gags in it. Don't worry, yeah. man. Mate, stage time, stage time. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. You put that gig in your credits. <laughs> I should. <laughs> Performed at the footy show and his dad's funeral. It's yeah. Mitch Garling. Yeah. Was that he's opened for Akmal Saleh and his brother, and then he brackets dad's, fu- dad's funeral. <laughs> 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 but that's man, this is perfect. This is exactly what I like about doing this podcast. Is is how much. <laughs> how much I find myself and people I'm talking to just laughing at like stuff that we shouldn't be laughing at, but also it's like, nah, fuck it. It's hilarious. But why shouldn't we be? That's the bit. And this is the thing about cancer, right? Is that when I had it, people, people, the first thing that people um, did when I said I've got cancer or I just found out I've got cancer, they pause because they're waiting for your reaction to tell them how to react. And I was accused at one point, um, someone said to me, I'm concerned you're not taking this seriously enough. And I said, no, no, I'm taking this deadly serious, which is absolutely why I'm laughing in its face. Because mm. if I don't, then it defeats me. And there's yeah. one thing that cancer will never do, and that's take my spirit. And so I, it was so important for me to be laughing the whole way through. And that's, and like, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that people should just be laughing in the face or at all, at all times, but it just, I think that, Sometimes we get so scared of actually having proper conversations about what life is. You know, there was this, you know, um, like in Hamlet, how he's got the, well, actually, no, Hamlet's a bad example. But in um, <laughs> medieval times, it was quite common to have a human skull on a mantelpiece or in yeah. your house. Yeah. yeah. And the reason for that was to remind you of your mortality. It was to remind you that every day is precious. It wasn't something morbid, some weird fascination of, oh, let's put our finger in the eye hole. It was actually a reminder that we're all going to die and that life is precious. And I just think that sometimes we do ourselves a disservice by not wanting to talk about the dark stuff, by not wanting to laugh about, Mm. you know... um, Death or cancer or any of it, really. Exactly, of what's really could be facing us. And I think we do ourselves a disservice because if we're naive about this stuff, then when it happens to us, we're not prepared. 
And I know that some people might not want to hear that, but I think that I would much rather be talking about it, laughing about it, engaged in it openly. That's the way mm-hmm. I'm going to fight it rather than running into my room and hiding under a bed. It's not going to go away. Man, even, even the, you know, the, the few years after dad died, where I feel like I kind of kept a lot of it in. Like I, I would post about him or something like that. But yeah. in terms of actually talking about it or talking about memories or whatever, it was like I did the eulogy and maybe I spoke to my wife. But then it's like doing this, I'm like sharing stuff with people, telling stories. Like I did a whole episode where I literally just spoke about all about dad getting diagnosed and sick and dying and funeral and everything. And it's like, this is actually just therapy at this point. <laughs> it literally just is therapy. What's wrong? But we're all having a laugh. Like we're yeah. having having fun with it. Um, yeah, I, 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 th- I really enjoy that you do think of it like that because if, if you had gotten that diagnosis and then you had become that deadly serious person, not so much that you're not taking it deadly serious, but if you'd become that deadly serious person, then it has won. It has changed you. You're not. 100%. The same larrikin-y, lovable, like not, not, not that you're not lovable, but like you're not the larrikin, happy guy that's like, meh, whatever. Like, you know, deal with it in our stride. You're now the guy that's like, oh, I've got this thing. Well, you know what? It, it, the other thing that having humour through that process did was that it allowed, it actually brought me closer to other people. Mm. So my, my four groomsmen through COVID last year, we were training every day on Facebook. So we'd do like, you know, hit classes or, you know, like not classes, but we were like, the four of us were on there. We'd write a program. One of my mates a trainer. So we'd write a program. Just we'd do it. do it with kettlebells and whatever. And it got to this point where once I got diagnosed, they were the first, apart from my wife um, and my family, obviously, but they were the first people that I told. And, you know, like from the point when I'd had the operation, I came back to training again because I had testicular cancer. And, you know, when I started training again, every time I'd be something on oh, my balls or whatever, one of the boys guarantee will always go, ah, 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 balls, balls, and correct me. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's yeah. hilarious because it's, it's a way of us, it brings us closer together. And, and yeah. me showing them that I'm okay with it actually allowed them to support me better rather than me being, it winning by me shutting down or going internally and pulling away and them going, how do we help him? Um, and yeah. I'm not saying, I, I want to make it clear too, I'm not saying that if your reaction is fear or trepidation or you do go internally and you do pull away, that that's bad. That's just how you're dealing with it. It was just how I chose to deal with yeah. it. And, it, and, and I just worked for me. I mean, everyone's, literally everyone's different. Like, yeah. you know, with the case of my dad is that my dad was very, he went very, when he found out he had it, he went very sort of inside, yeah. but he was more worried about how we would react. Whereas of course we're worrying about how he is. So it's, you know, everyone, everyone of course is, is very different. And I do like that. uh, I do like that bro sort of, not that you guys are like bros, but like that bro mentality of being like, ah, ah, ball, Craig, Uh, just one. Don't you, (laughs) don't you get ahead of yourself there, bud. Um, (laughs) It's a very Australian thing. I'm sure if we told people from other parts of the world that that was the joke, they'd be like, oh my gosh, that's awful. Are you okay? That's horrible. Like, that's, that's bullying. Oh. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is, but it's good. It's good bullying. That's good that's bullying. Fun bullying. Um, yeah. But you have been, you've been given the, the all clear as far as. Yeah. Had a CT scan yesterday. So I've got my uh, one year 
uh, one year, like the surveillance from one year will come up in a couple of weeks. I could have found a much easier way of saying that, but you get what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> yes, quick thumbs yeah. up. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah, yeah got a big thumbs up. <laughs> it was a bit touch and go. Like when I first, you know, got diagnosed, like the thing with testicular cancer, it's not, it's not necessarily like other cancers. It moves quickly and they don't actually tell you you've got cancer. They look at it, they're doctors, they're experts. They go, I'm pretty sure this is cancer. We're going to get it out and then we'll find out. And so from diagnosis to operation is days. It's just not even long enough to think about. So I think I found out on a Thursday and I was operating on the following Tuesday, but it would have been quicker, but I had to go and get, you know, business sorted and stuff on the Monday. And because I found out on the Thursday, I couldn't get an appointment on the Friday. So I had to go and do all that stuff. Um, what does uh, on the uh, if, if this is too dark? What does business sorted entail? Is that are you talking <laughs> like are you talking like going things. going to the sperm bank? Like is that what you're yes. talking about? Yes. Yeah, I was trying to find a family friendly way of saying that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I had to do that, um, and that was that was all fine. It's a, that itself is a weird process, which I probably won't go into now because I think you it know. can you know it can be quite <laughs> disgusting. But that was quite fine. That was quite that was quite a fun. Uh, that's quite a fun afternoon, actually. I quite oh, liked. It wasn't actually. It's so <laughs> daunting, man. And it's such a weird room. It's such a weird process, you know. Oh, I can't even. Yeah, I won't go into it because I no, just. No, right. It was genuinely odd. But, you know, so I do all that. And then on the Tuesday, go in for the operation. And then when I came out of the anesthetic, the first. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even realize that it happened because when you come out of anesthetic, you're in another world. And the first thing yeah. I said to the nurse who was next to me, I said, oh, do you want anything else from Coles? And she was like, what? And I was like, where am I? She was like, you've had the operation. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. And then you're she doing said, the same thing. Going, you've lost, you've lost the ball. You're doing the same thing as mum going to get milk after dad. You, yeah. You've lost the yes. ball and you're like, all right, back to chores, everyone. <laughs> you know, someone's got to cook it. So what are we having? Yeah. Um, so I do that. And then she's just like, what? And I was so dazed and confused. And then the, the first thing she says to me, she doesn't say like in the movies where they're like, just letting you know, you've just come out of your operation. You've just come out, you know, you're still in hospital. You're okay. Everything's fine. Just relax. It wasn't that. She goes, we're going back into a lockdown. Daniel Andrews just denounced it and then walked off. And I was like, that's too much information for one man to deal with just after he's lost a ball. That is a lot to take in at so the best of times. Yeah, because I, I just thought I was going to Coles and now you're telling me that, yeah. that we're going into lockdown and oh man, it was like it was so full on. If you wake up from if you wake up from a nap with your wife standing over the top of you that you trust and know, and she said, Dan Andrews has just announced another lockdown, you're still gonna be shook. Like you're still gonna oh, be I've messed up. I've still got up. questions. Yeah, I've still got questions. But to, to wake up like you know, after an operation, ballless, thinks he's going to Coles from a lady yeah. he doesn't know. Yeah. Going into lockdown. Yeah. That's a... What? That's a ride. That's a ride. It was a leap. Yeah, it was a huge... I had, a, I had so much I wanted to unpack. Um, <laughs> you know, it was like... It was such a bizarre thing. It was... Uh, man, I've got to be honest, though. I was so grateful for our public health system. Like, because through that period... Because, like, I got diagnosed in the midst of Melbourne... Like, COVID. So, it mm. was like a crazy time to be going and getting medical appointments and you know like all of my appointments i had to do by myself my wife couldn't be there for any of them because wow. we couldn't have yeah. people so it was such it was such a weird thing but i'm just so grateful for our yeah public health system like everyone i dealt with was amazing all the doctors the surgeons even now like 
all of our follow-up appointments, you know, like I haven't had to pay a cent, literally so haven't had to pay a cent. And I'm just thinking, you know, what life would be like if we were in another country and how hard that would be and how much it would have cost us. And oh. one, of, um, one of my, one of my mates from work, uh, like when I first started at my job, he was from Hawaii and I was like, I said to him, I was like, oh, you know, what made you move to Hawaii? And he's like, oh, my wife is originally from Sydney, but, you know, we've been living in Hawaii for a really long time. Um, but she got diagnosed with cancer and it was cheaper for us to move back to Australia and start a new, like start again here, as opposed to wow. trying to get it all in Hawaii. And it's, Man. it's baffling. Like, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Like healthcare should just be the basics, you know, particularly in first world countries. Yeah. actually just having health care like if you can't look after your citizens like how progressive are you really as a society you know? it's uh yeah it's it's in the name like it's in the name like health care like surely yeah. you would think yeah, yeah. Like, is that an important thing and it's like nah nah let's figure out oil first or something <laughs> like okay sure guys um <laughs> i like to i've taken up a lot of your time on your lovely saturday afternoon that you could be spending time with your child as good I. Um, but <laughs> I thank you very much for talking to me about that stuff, man, talking about the cancer and, you know, all the, the career change, name change. That was all very of nice course. of you to, to deep, deep dive in. Um, I like to end the episodes by asking a couple of questions. You know, I, I shot you the questions. Um, you did. Hopefully, hopefully you've got them. Um, but if you, if you, Craig, I honestly went to fucking say it, Craig Anna. If you, Craig Evans, fire out. If you, Craig Evans, were my dad. So no, no, that second question, I'm a liar. If you were going to pick a replacement dad for me from TV or movies, knowing me uh, over the years, who would you, who would you pick to be my replacement dad? I want to tell you, I thought so long and hard about this, and I went on a number of emotional journeys trying to work oh. this out. I love it. And I've landed on I've landed on one person and I'm hoping you'll appreciate where I'm coming from when I say this. Because I've realized that if this person's going to be your dad, they're going to be your stepdad. And I've met your mum and she's wonderful and lovely. <laughs> so I've got to find some replacement father, not just for you, but who's also going to be a wonderful husband for your mum. Okay. Yes, not so, yes. and, and that would also not step on your dad's legacy and would respect his place in your life, which is okay. the You've lost your dad. So I've had to think about all of that. Yep. I reckon Alf Stewart. Okay. Yep. From Home yep. Away. Yep. That's what yep. I, I was thinking. Because I think, and and not not now Alf Stewart. Alf Stewart, maybe a year or two after he lost Alpha. Yeah. So what are we, we're talking 2002? 2004? Yeah, early 2000s, Alf yep. Stewart. I reckon still when he was saying Plainham, I think that'd be oh, fun. Yeah. He'd fit into the neighborhood. He'd be good in Niagara Park or Narara. Yeah, um, yep. but I also just think that I think that he would instill in you enough like good wholesome values, but he mm -hmm. would be a wonderful uh, husband to your mum, which I think is yes. great. Um, and there's a little bit of me that would love him to be my dad. So yeah, um, yeah. There's there's something about him, like you know, it's you're getting looked after, but you're also you're not getting. It's you're not, not easy getting things. There's no sugar coating. There's no sugar coating. Nah. Even at your age, yeah. if you rocked up late for Christmas lunch, you'd get a talking to, you know? Yeah. Like, you're still, he's still got, and there's still responsibilities. But also, I think, too, he'd be quite financially well off. 
because I've never seen an episode where the diner is not packed. So I yeah. think that he's yeah. got good trade. Um, you know, he's probably dipped into a little bit of his savings uh, over the COVID times because obviously people aren't Don't going up it. to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're probably doing a bunch of uh, um, click and collect sort of Uber Eats deliveries. But, <laughs> but apart from that... <laughs> they are. Maybe they are. But I'm pretty sure he's financially secure. Um, That'd be good, so actually. No, I've, I've got no gigs and no work, so maybe I could work for stepdad um, delivering yeah. food for him. That'd be well, really good. This would be the bad thing about Alf Stewart, though, is I think that he'd probably be having conversations with you on the regular now, probably on the side, not so that your mum would hear, but he'd be saying on the side, look, mate, I know you've been having a good crack at this flame and comedy career, but what do you think about going back to uni? Raw could be a good guy. Do you know any lawyers? I reckon he'd be saying something like that, too. He's like, have you ever thought about taking over the diner? <laughs> yeah, actually, scrap the yeah. uni thing. That'd be it. Yeah, yeah. take yeah. over the flame and diner. Things are getting, you know, I'm I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> the diner's the diner's not getting any slower. <laughs> love yeah. that. I love that. Yeah. I haven't had I haven't had Alf Stewart yet, so I'm glad that I've got him now. And I should be clear good. too, it's not Ray Ma. I'm no character Alf yeah. Stewart. Yeah, in, f- in fact, I'm I'm anti Ray Ma. That's yeah, no, me too. Yeah, he would Actually, have a lot of money him, as well. <laughs> I met him at the Logies once. Steph and I went and did the Logies red carpet, and he was so nice. Yeah, um, I don't know if it was the year that he won it, but he came up to us and we had a good chat to him. And at the end, I said, you know, like you get people to do stings where it's like, hey, you're listening to or you're watching this show, or you know, hey, it's Alf Stewart, you're watching this show, blah. Um, and we said, oh, is there any chance you could say, you know, you're watching Flame and Stefan and Craig? And he was like, oh, boys, I don't really do the flaming thing anymore. I'm just sort of trying to step away from it. But here you go. You're watching Flaming Stefan and Craig. And I just lost, lost my it. tiny mind. Yeah, I love that. I don't really do that anymore, guys. And now we're 2021 and it's like, I don't reckon there's been a day go past where he hasn't <laughs> said it a thousand times. <laughs> like, He's probably bringing it back now, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that stage of like where... For so long, people are like, I'm more than this. I'm like, come on, I'm more than that. I'm a serious actor. And then as things get progressed, it's like now Snoop Dogg doing like menu log commercials. And he's like, snizzle, yeah. my nizzle, snizzles, get chicken snitzels. And you're like, oh, tw- okay, Snoop, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, no more gigs. He probably needs the coin. Very true. Very true. Um, final question. Uh, if you, Craig Evans, were my dad, what advice would you give me to lead a happy and full life? You know what? This is an interesting one. It's less advice and more something I'd want to instill in you. And this is like, I think one of the most important things and something I want to instill in my son is a love of learning. Because I think that if you actually enjoy the process of learning, and I don't mean that you're out reading physics books. I just mean that you enjoy the process of actually researching or trying to find an answer to a question or, you know, if you enjoy that, I think that that holds you in good stead forever. Yeah. Because um, yeah. it, it shows a couple of things. One's, one is a bit of tenacity. Oh, actually, what is that? You know, how, how do I get to the bottom of that? But it also shows a natural curiosity. You're asking questions. And I think that a love of learning or a, and maybe not even education, just a love of learning is one of the most important skills that any child should be taught um, and that, that any person would want to develop. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the I appreciate the advice, pops. 
That's uh, <laughs> your flying name and welcome. <laughs> here he is. Here he is again. Um, no, I completely agree. Like that is definitely something that I like. Like that I like seeing those sort of traits in my daughter. Is that when she's taking things upon herself to be like, you know, wanting to do things herself or wanting to like show show me this kind of thing where you're like i like that that she actually wants a bit more sort of knowledge or independence even something i don't know no man i think that's it and i think that if you can foster that you know even just her seeing you engaged in that or you actually taking the time to be there is actually part of that process i reckon I've mm. done a little bit of reading i don't I'm, I'm not a psychologist or a child psychologist or a teacher or anything like that but i I keep coming back to this simple point that whatever you want to your child to be, if you show them those qualities, then they're the things that they will start to develop and pick up on. I'll tell you a funny story. The other night I playfully slapped my wife on the bum yeah. in the kitchen and she turned around and she was like, oh, it must, it was a tiny bit harder than it should have been. It wasn't yeah. a slap or anything, but it was probably a tiny bit harder than it should have been. Yeah. yeah. And as soon as she turned around, she went, ah, Hunter, like just full open palm, slapped her across the face. And Jess and I just had this real realisation of, oh, wow, he just saw me do that and he now thinks that that's okay. And we had to have a bit of a sit-down conversation with him and it just made me realise how much of a sponge they are. You know, he's like doing a bit and whoa. Yeah, see, I the the spongy sort of stuff, um, I've got to be careful with the kind of words that I use. So it's mm. like obviously swear words and stuff, but um, like if I if I hurt myself or something happens that makes me angry, I try not to be like, oh, I'm angry because I don't want her yeah. to. I don't want her to associate. I don't want her to go to daycare either and be like, Daddy was angry. <laughs> like a, <laughs> I had to come in and be like, ah, oh, yeah. I was. That was. Yeah, I was angry. I had COVID. I was in hospital. Yeah. Haven't you seen my photos? Uh, don't you know what it's like? They barely paid me. <laughs> they barely paid me well enough. Um, but yeah, or the other day when uh, when she, her, my wife and I were talking about something, and then like when we stopped talking, my daughter just goes, "Douchebag." <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> like, did one of us? I'm like, I think I said douchebag. Uh, like, it's like it could have been much worse, but also little sponge picking up everything. It's not great, mate. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even just the way you try and deal with, like, as you said, like dealing with anger. Like, I had something where he was like throwing something today, and I was like, mate, stop, stop. And I got upset. And not upset, like yelly, but just like enforcing, like stop doing what you're doing. Mm. And he got really upset. And then I've, I've realized now that I have to start talking him through the emotional process at a normal level yeah. rather than actually just trying to teach him with emotion. Like, mm. I mean, stop, stop throwing the dirt. You know, that makes no sense to him. And all he hears is the tone. Um, and so, yeah, just been actively trying to have a chat with him. Anyway, that was less interesting than what we've discussed so far. This is parenting tips with Trey. Well, um, uh, it's Radio good to, National. It's, <laughs> but having that show where it's like, guys, try not to go from zero to hero real quick when you're yelling. Uh, <laughs> if you could explain why you're going to yell, that'd be better. <laughs> Do you reckon we could like, pitch this show to Triple J? What? We could call it two, 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 white, yeah, like, two white guys telling about the times they got angry. 
Yeah, no talking about parenting tips. Dude, what guy's talking about the times I got angry? Is it just that modern history? Um, <laughs> 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 well, yeah. there was this one time yeah. we got angry, and then there was World War One, and yeah. there was another time another got angry, and then World War Two. Um, no, I was actually that's, saying that's, like, that's every <laughs> podcast ever. Two white, <laughs> two white guys getting angry. No, so I was more thinking that uh, we could do a, a Triple J show uh, where it's both of us talking about parenting tips and parenting advice um, that we've learned along the way, and we could call it the contraceptive. I think that yes. would go really well on Triple J. I like that. I like, <laughs> a lot of twenty-somethings like just listening, just being like, "I'm going to be really safe." Yeah, we're so safe. Why? <laughs> Why is my daughter's like obsessed with band aids and like just has band aids on all the time? And it's like, even when she's not hurt, more than when she is hurt, like <laughs> all the time. Like, as in, she will wake up and be like, it's like, it's almost like a nappy. It's like new band aid, new band <laughs> That's so bad for you because she must be going to daycare and the daycare people must be thinking, what are those parents doing? Yeah. And they're always like hidden under clothes as well. Like we'll put clothes oh, on the top no. of them, and it's like, what are they trying to? What are they trying to hide? And it's like, and it's even worse if you then go to the daycare and be like, no, she just really likes band aids. She's not injured at yeah. all. She's totally yeah. fine. Yeah, it has because nothing to do. It has nothing to do with. <laughs> has nothing to do with dad being angry, like she said last week. Uh, <laughs> we noticed your daughter's also saying the word douchebag. Do we know where she might have got yeah. that? Is there some aggression at home, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's there's funny a lot, there's a lot to digest but yeah yes literally all day yesterday walking around with one on her head like if you look on my instagram <laughs> there's a bunch of videos of her with it on her head and then at like whatever time it was two or three o'clock i just had to be the bad guy and just literally hold her and like take it off and be like i have oh, to get man. this off like we can't you can't have this it was on for like 12 hours <laughs> like yeah. I can't, yeah i have to be that guy yeah you're gonna have dhhs or whatever it is come uh, you know Megan. child services come around soon just being like we've got some concerns about your child yeah so normally we're really happy when people put band-aids on their kids but <laughs> this time we're you're letting her have them on all day long and she has no sores that's worse I mean, you could you could you could go the other way and you could actually try and reach out to johnson and johnson to try and get some sponsorship i mean i would love it mainly because it costs me so much friggin' money to buy a packet of band-aids with every yeah. shop every and week. i'm guessing she yeah i'm guessing she's not going to beige ones either she's probably going those licensed disney ones you we've know, got like beige at the moment beige oh, at the okay. moment but yeah the other day uh we had we had to get some minions ones we've had to get some monsters yeah. ones we're going beige at the moment but that's that's purely a logistical there's nothing else in the house and we've still <laughs> we've still got to have them on it's is she it's, what i love is it sounding like an addiction and i love it if you get to a point where maybe we'll catch up in another couple of months and you're like yeah it's really good we've got it down to one of the little like pinprick little... size ones a, a day yeah she's just got one of those on, on her arm on the arm like a nicotine patch just one little <laughs> one one time it's like oh, yeah so i mean good. that's what she needs it gets in there that's it's feeding yeah. her her need for it <laughs> And then there'll be a stranger at the bus that's just like going, is that an actual nicotine patch or what do you mean? It's like, no, oh, we're man. just giving her the, giving her the, uh, the vaccine every week. That's why she has <laughs> one little band-aid. 
I think they're back. Well, again. I mean, <laughs> again, again, if you need good Wi-Fi, I can understand why you would do that. That's it. And also, like, you don't want to get it because I've heard COVID runs in your family. Your dad is an actor pretending to yes. have COVID. So pretending to have it, which is pretty much as good as having it. Pretty much. I yeah, I just heard them return, so I better get out yeah, of here. Fair. But all right, mate. Um, mate, I have absolutely loved catching up with you. Truly, it's been great. And thank you for uh, for talking talking the deep stuff. No worries, man. I'm so glad you asked me to do this. Um, let's keep in touch and let's not leave it so long between drinks. I agree. Let's and let's definitely check in in six months. We can do a we do a check in <laughs> on everything. See how the pitch went to Triple J. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll come back to you. <laughs> yeah. See you, man. I'll talk to you soon. See you, mate. See you, That's mate. That's good, mate.